0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, August 15th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. It bears repeating always and everywhere the federal government has no constitutional role in the field of education. New guidance from the federal government will end some Obama era guidance in higher ed. But is that all to the good? Cato's Neil McCluskey comments. If you look at the Constitution, the federal government is given no authority to govern education. So that means the federal government can't establish schools, it can't run schools, it can't tell schools what to teach, it has no authority to send money to schools, but what it does have a job to do, and this comes from the 14th Amendment, is to make sure that when states and school districts... When they supply education, they don't discriminate in its provision. And so one of the very few areas where the federal government actually has a role in education is to step in – If there is blatant discrimination on the part of school districts and states, and there has been no other remedy. So if a school district is discriminating, the first thing that should happen is a state should get involved. And if the state doesn't fix anything, you also have the option of going through the courts, but that ultimately can mean federal courts. And then the federal job is especially to say if a federal court says you are discriminating, you need to stop, that that um, that that you know the U.S Department of Education or the Department of Justice monitors that school district and said you need to do what you have been ordered to do because what you were doing was illegal that is what the federal government should be doing in education at least that's what it has the constitutional authority to do but we also do want the federal government not to be overly active in that role or activists you know trying to seek out the slightest, evidence that maybe there is some discrimination and then pouncing on a state or pouncing on a school district. But I don't think that we can say that the federal government has no role in enforcing civil rights as we can clearly say it has no role in actually governing what is taught or how education is paid for. A lot of people have been very excited about the, the guidance that the Trump administration has thrown out with respect to schools are you saying they should not be excited about it? Yeah, I mean generally speaking there's good reason to be positive about what the Trump administration has done with a lot of dear colleague letters, a lot of this guidance. Ordinarily what a uh, a department will do is they will promulgate regulations if they want to say, look school districts, here is how or colleges, here's how you will operate and not get in trouble with the federal government. As they promulgate regulations, which typically involves publishing some regulations. There's a comment period, and they republish the regulations, taking comments into consideration. And it's a very formalized process. But what the Obama administration did a lot was they would de facto make regulations through something called Dear Colleague Letters, where they would you know write a letter that they would send out to universities or to school districts and say, here is how we are going to interpret uh, either past regulations or laws and would say, look, this isn't a regulation, but we're telling you if you don't do things this way, we're going to punish you. And it was writing regulations through a non regulatory process. And some of those dear colleague letters, beyond just not following the regulatory process, said some things that were very concerning. The most concerning, I think, in most people's mind were Title IX regulations that said, uh, or sorry, not regulations, but dear colleague letter that said, if a school had essentially a hearing for somebody accused of sexual assault or sexual harassment, and they used something more than a preponderance of evidence standards, basically saying that if you had to say more than 51% certainty of guilt was needed to, to uh, punish or deal with that person who was accused, then the Department of Education would start to investigate your school. And people said, you know, this is kind of... Uh, doubly problematic. You have uh, promulgated regulations without going through a regulatory process, and you're telling schools that they need to uh, strip away the usual protection somebody would get in the court of law. And those sort of dear colleague letters really uh, angered or upset a lot of people because they seem like clear uh, executive overreach, and that was understandable. Um, these dear colleague letters that have dealt with how schools can really sort of deal with um, Supreme Court decisions on affirmative action in the case of higher education or um, enrollment uh, systems when we're talking about K-12 education. These were more ways of saying, look, this is how we will These are ways that you can stay within the confines of what the Supreme Court said while still taking race into account um, in how you, either if you're college, how you admit students or if you are a K through 12 district, uh, how you assign kids to schools or you let them select schools. Um, This is a little different. I mean, it was kind of saying proactively... Do these things and you'll be okay with us, as opposed to you need to take away these protections for students. Uh, But it was still the executive department being kind of proactive, sort of encouraging school districts and colleges to take race into account and saying, here's the way you can sort of keep from running against the shoals of what the Supreme Court said you can't do. And people said, look, the federal government shouldn't be telling districts how you managed to uh, account for race without upsetting, uh, you know, what the Supreme Court said. And it's it doesn't seem to me that it's all that egregious to say, here's how you can stay within the law. But on the flip side, people are saying, well, we don't want the federal government encouraging people to take race into account in how kids are assigned to schools or admitted to schools. And what the at least the Department of Education is saying now is, look, we're not going to tell you what to do. It's incumbent on districts and states to read Supreme Court decisions and decide for themselves what keeps them within the law. So... Uh, I think that we have to accept, uh, and if you look at U.S. history, I don't know how we can get around this, and some of it is very recent U.S. history. In particular, if you look at how federal loan programs for housing discriminated against African-Americans, it's very hard to look at the history and say anything other than African-Americans are still burdened by the effects of pretty recent government discrimination. And the question is, how do we ameliorate that without perpetuating the root problem, which was government making decisions and making policy that rewarded or punished people based on their race? How do we fix racially different government policy without perpetuating racially driven government policy? And I think in education, the way to do this is we need to let private entities decide. They are going to take voluntarily affirmative action to help African-Americans. So African-American kids who are maybe on the margins of getting into Harvard or Princeton or Yale or, or a state or, or sorry, not state flagship school, but other private universities, there should be no problem with a private university saying, at least as far as the government's concerned, there should be no problem saying, look, we're going to admit this person was on the margin because we we recognize the burden that they have been um, functioning under that were put on them uh, by the government. And so we should say that private colleges should be able to set their own admissions policies, which can include affirmative action but we should say public colleges which are univers I mean which are government universities but are government institutions they truly need to be colorblind so essentially not only should they be colorblind though they should say we're not giving people leg up for any particular characteristic and that includes whether you're a legacy student or you're left-handed or you're played trombone or anything like that the truly just outcome would be those institutions government institutions essentially they admit people based on sort of a lottery um, and that private institutions, they take up the burden and we should encourage them to do this of saying we're going to help people who have been historically burdened by government policies and do take race into account because this is how we as a society voluntarily through civil society are going to help overcome those really awful things that have happened to people based on their race in the past. Neil McCloskey is director of the Center for Educational Freedom at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.